Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Federal Auditor General released a report earlier in the week on the federal government's complete mishandling, my words, of PPE, medical equipment, during the early months of the pandemic. And uh, there was also a report, or part of the report, was Ottawa's addressing Indigenous communities' needs. Karen Hogan is the Auditor General for Canada. She joins us on the Chorus Radio Network. Ms. Hogan, thank you very much for taking the time. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing, Mr. Green? I'm doing well. And uh, thank you for the work you do. Without, without Auditors General, we would be in, uh, in, in far more difficult straits in this country than we are. So really appreciate all you do. Thank you. That's really nice of you to say. Let's let me begin by asking for your assessment, please, of uh, overall assessment of how Ottawa performed, how the federal government performed when it came to procuring PPE for medical professionals in this country based on what we knew we needed after SARS in 2003. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if I was to summarize that, I would tell you that the National Emergency Strategic Stockpile, which contains items like gloves and masks, uh, was not ready to support the response to a pandemic. What we found in our audit was that the Public Health Agency of Canada hadn't addressed long-standing issues um, that had existed for uh, over a decade. Um, and hence, uh, the, the stockpile just couldn't handle the surge and wasn't really prepared to respond. But on the positive side, what we did see was that the government uh, reacted and adjusted during the pandemic. And speak to us about that, please. How how quickly and how well did that reaction go? Um, well, I think at the beginning, obviously, because the stockpile wasn't ready, it was a little slow, but they realized um, rather soon that uh, changes needed to be made. And I think I'd summarize um, how they reacted in four ways. The first was that the Public Health Agency of Canada um, developed a long-term national supply and demand model so that they could assess the needs of all the provinces and territories um, together. Uh, the second thing they did is they moved to bulk procurement. Um, instead of having every province and territory buy their own personal protective equipment, they moved to uh, uh, a nationwide procurement process, uh, which helped um, the country procure large amounts of personal protective equipment. The third thing the agency did was outsource warehousing and logistics to some third parties. Uh, in order to support the increase in volume being received, stored, and shipped to the provinces and territories. And then the last item I would highlight as part of the adjustments to the pandemic by the Public Health Agency of Canada would have been the collaboration that they showed with the provinces and territories to develop a scarce resource allocation. So when those bulk purchases didn't always meet the demands, how would they equitably uh, distribute the personal protective equipment across the country. Mm-hmm. If we go back to the initial part of your report, they just though they weren't ready. They knew what they were supposed to be doing after 2003. That was clear. The reports were in, and and uh, PHAC didn't. Uh, the public health agency didn't even know what inventory was available. Is that correct? You know, we found a few weaknesses when we uh, went into audit earlier um, or late last year. Uh, The first we found was that uh, the agency had been aware of many of these weaknesses dating back to 2010 when they had done an internal audit themselves. Um, The the items I would highlight is um, they they didn't know and hadn't established sort of a needs assessment. So what and how much 
of each type of personal protective equipment should be maintained in a stockpile in order to respond to a public health emergency. Um, and they hadn't addressed uh, deficiencies in their inventory management system, so their electronic system. Uh, for example, uh, they weren't tracking expiry dates, so uh, they couldn't take action if needed based on what was in the stockpile. Um, and we found, and officials told us, that all of these issues hadn't been addressed mostly because of budget limitations uh, over the years. Budget limitation. Um, 16 tons of PPE had been delivered to China. Uh, where, where did, how did that factor in into the overall picture, and, and what did they have to say about that? Um, so we didn't really look at sort of the humanitarian efforts that they, um, the National Emergency Strategic Stockpile might have done before the audit. We started our audit period around January of 2020, um, and wanted to assess uh, if they had a handle on what was in the stockpile. Um, there was a lot of concerns with what was in the stockpile. It wasn't managed well, as, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. And so we turned our attention to how the response was going and how the government was dealing with the issue at hand, which is a response to support all of the provinces and territories um, across, across the country at, at, in an ever-evolving way. Um, because when you, when you really don't have a baseline to start, uh, we felt it was more important to focus on adding value and influencing the response going forward. So uh, the reason I, I mentioned uh, the, the issue of the early days of the PPE shortage and the concerns about PPE is that individual citizens like me were being asked if we had N95 masks, would we please take them to, to hospitals? and to healthcare facilities. And I had some N95 masks left over from my wife's cancer battle, and I took them to the hospital. And, and I saw the people lining up at the, uh, at the hospital bringing their own supplies of, of PPE for the healthcare professionals at that particular hospital in Burlington, Ontario. And it really struck me that something very seriously had gone wrong here uh, obviously, very seriously gone wrong. And then we have the, the reality of healthcare workers, if I, if I understand correctly, cleaning out their own PPE for some period of time. Are you, do you feel confident that after the report and what you know about how they recovered, that we're in a much better space now? Well, I know that they haven't addressed the long-standing issues with the federal national emergency st strategic stockpile. Um, really, all the items I talked about were how the government reacted to the emerging uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so they do need to take stock and, and um, you know, really invest in things that, that people just don't see going forward because that's the importance of being prepared for the next, uh, the next emergency. I think one of the items I would want to highlight as being really important, and it even goes back to a report I released in, in March um, about pandemic preparedness, it's that collaboration between uh, provincial and federal governments, um, recognizing that healthcare is provincially managed. And, and when it comes to personal protective equipment, provincial governments um, should all be maintaining their own emergency stockpile. And when that's exhausted or the surge and the need because of an emergency is so great, then they should be turning to the National Emergency Strategic Stockpile. So I do think it's a coordinated effort that all levels of government need to recognize that investing in items we don't see, whether it be, you know, IT systems that support important programs or restocking things in a stockpile like gloves and, and masks, should be done before the next uh, emergency and not 
uh, in a reactive state during an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Premier Kenny was on this program uh, in, I think it was April of last year, and, and I, he, he mentioned that uh, Alberta had done a very good job in getting ready and having supplies, and they'd actually offered supplies to, uh, to the federal government, and the reply that came back from Ottawa was, no, thank you. But I won't ask you to comment on that. Uh, what about the issue of uh, indigenous communities in this country? You looked into that. So we issued a second report um, earlier this week on uh, health resources for Indigenous communities. And and we looked at two items there, at how Indigenous Services Canada was providing personal protective equipment to Indigenous communities, but also how they provided nurses and paramedics to support uh, the response to the pandemic. I guess how I would describe the story there is, is kind of good news, bad news. And there's two items to the good news, uh, is that Indigenous Services Canada did deliver uh, personal protective equipment to communities uh, rather quickly, on average about 10 days, which is, uh, which is very good when you think about the logistics to reach some of the remote and isolated uh, communities across the country. Uh, Indigenous Services Canada was also able to increase the number of nurses and paramedics that were in Indigenous communities to support the response. But the bad news to all of that is despite um, the ability to increase the pipeline of healthcare workers, Indigenous Services Canada failed to respond to 52% of the requests uh, for extra nurses and paramedics from Indigenous communities. And, And that just highlights how there was already a shortage of healthcare workers in the Indigenous communities, and the pandemic just made it worse, even though um, they were able to sort of increase some supply. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.